Hello, welcome to The Common Bridge. I'm your host, Rich Helpy. Today we've got a guest from South Dakota, Joe Kirby. Why is Mr. Kirby here today? Well, The Common Bridge has covered many policy ideas and the specific laws about our most sacred privilege of self-governing. Of That, of course, is the vote. We had Rob Ritchie, who talked about ranked choice voting in a two-part series, and I'd encourage you to listen to that, as well as Ellie Zupnik about his ideas around proportional representation. Stephen Hill educated our audience about election methods in other countries, and Professor Derek Muller talked about election laws. Today, our guest, Joe Kirby, will tell us about the push to have open primaries in the state of South Dakota. Mr. Kirby, welcome to the Common Bridge. How are you today? Thanks, Rich. I'm glad to be here. Our audience likes to know a little bit about our guests, so if you don't mind, uh, maybe where did you spend your early days and what's uh, some highlights of your career arc and what are you up to now? I'm a fourth-generation South Dakotan, uh, lifetime Republican, um, and I retired many years ago, but I never stopped working. Uh, I kept working on trying to make... Uh, my little world a better place. Uh, so uh, my wife and I both are involved in that quite a bit. Uh, uh, one project I was involved in is I, I rewrote the city charter for Sioux Falls and got that done back in the 90s. Um, and that's really improved uh, the trajectory of our city. Um, we do projects like uh, my wife and I sponsored a dog park in uh, downtown Sioux Falls that has really uh, enhanced uh, downtown living for a bunch of people. Um, that's the kind of project we're involved in. My wife uh, spearheaded an effort to bring a downtown music pavilion to our city, free housing for cancer patients. That that's the kind of project I, I've convinced myself I can't make the better the world a better place, but I can make my little world maybe a little bit better. So very much philanthropically oriented. What what did you do during your work life? I was involved in our family insurance company, and uh, four of us bought the company with a leveraged buyout ultimately sold it, um, and then retired. Um, I'm a lawyer, a CPA um, by, by training, uh, and I use that. Uh, I do strategic planning for nonprofits. Uh, involved. I stay more active now than I was when I was working. We've all found that to be a common affliction as well. So let's talk a little bit about open primaries and how they work. And let's just start with the basics. Suppose one of our listeners or viewers or readers had never heard of open primaries. And for fun, let's suppose the subscriber is a you know person that might know the law like yourself or as an engineer or a programmer. How does an open primary system work? What's the basic design of an open primary? Well, let's start with the primary system. Uh, we have an election system that evolved over the decades. It's not it's not called out in our U.S. Constitution. It's not uh, the founding fathers didn't contemplate the party system that we've got today. It evolved over the decades. Uh, the, the two parties, uh, Republican and Democrat, pretty much have absolute control of the system. So uh, primaries in most states are uh, you vote in the Republican primary or the Democrat primary. And that all seemed to work pretty well for my parents. But then with the arrival of the Internet, uh, 24-7 news, social media, uh, the intensity in our politics has, has changed. Uh, we've just got hyper-partisanship, and the par parties are in control of the election process. So we end up with uh, the people that make it 
to the general election in my state, uh, the only ones that matter are Republicans because we're a very red state. And so uh, whoever the party picks, uh, that's going to be my representative, whether I agree with this philosophy or not. And half the people in my, in my state are Democrat or independent. And so they really have no representation. It's not a good system. Uh, with open primaries, you'd change the whole thing. You'd have uh, one single state-funded primary, let's say for governor. Uh, might end up with six candidates want to be governor of South Dakota. Uh, let's say three re Republicans, two Democrats, and a Libertarian. Every voter would get to vote in the primary, and the, the two candidates that get the the most votes move on to the general elections. We might end up with um, two Republicans or a Republican and a Democrat, or maybe the Libertarian or an Independent will, will rise to the occasion out of that. But the important thing is everybody gets to vote in the open primary, and candidates no longer can get elected by just appealing to their uh, partisan few. They have to appeal to all voters in the state. So it's just a better way of uh, encouraging your candidates to represent everyone in the state and uh, letting everybody vote in the process. Well, I, I can see the appeal because the growing number of people that identify as independents, the number of people who would be excellent in elected office who won't put themselves through that primary system. And we all know lots of people that said, look, the, the Democrats are not a good way to run the country. The Republicans are not a good way to run the country. And those are my only two choices. Uh, where are open primaries being used today? And, and if you can share with the readers and our listeners and viewers, what ha have the results been? Well, according to the Open Primaries National Organization, about half the states have uh, some form of open primary. Uh, the true or most uh, pure form I know is, is in existence in Washington and California, and most recently Alaska, which adopted not only open primaries, but ranked choice voting uh, combined with that. So that's been a very interesting experiment that many of us in the country are keeping an eye on. It uh, it, it caused some of the right-wing Republicans to not be electable because they did not Re, uh, they didn't temper their message to appeal to all voters. They, they stayed partisan, and, and people like Sarah Palin lost out. So uh, it, it's encouraging that uh, the system seems to work uh, in, in, in states. But even Texas has a form of open primary, where I, I'm not sure how the system works there, but I, I was talking to someone there recently, and they say, yes, we have an open primary. So and we've discussed that on this show in Alaska in particular. There are those that said, look, the Republican Party got an overwhelming amount of votes, yet their two candidates split the vote, and therefore the Democrat went to the U.S. House of Representatives. So there is a debate about whether that is a good outcome or not, of course, politics being the center of debates. So is this being designed for South Dakota to become uh, a less Republican state? Is that the objective? No, not at all. Um, I, I think there's no, no suggestion that red states become less red with election reform or that uh, blue states become less blue. Uh, in fact, uh, the two, two of the states I mentioned, Washington and California, uh, have open primaries and they're very blue. And I don't think they've gotten less blue with uh, the advent of election reform. I think it's just a better way, though, to get maybe more moderate versions of those 
blue or red. But haven't we fallen into that trap already? I mean, I'm listening to your nomenclature, red and blue. I don't identify people like that, and I don't identify states like that. But isn't that really giving in to this partisan mindset? We have a Republican Party. We have a Democratic Party. They're vying for attention. And as we said at the top of the show, a lot of people are you know, saying a pox on both their houses. Are we too far past the point where reform is possible? And, and to your point, if California changed the system with no change in results, why is this the right time and the right solution for South Dakota? Well, uh, I think my state's a good example. Uh, we're very red, but the legislature is further right than the rest of us. Uh, I, I don't think the, re- the legislature represents average South Dakota values. We're a very conservative state. Even the uh, the, my Democrat friends are very conservative people. We're not going to change no matter what the election system is. But when you have a system controlled by one party, the Republican Party in this case, and if, if, any, if any of their legislators or representatives show the slightest inclination to work with the Democrats, well, at the next primary, they get taken out by a more loyal Republican. Mm-hmm. And th- that's the way the system works. The party enforces loyalty. So you end up with a legislature and other elected officials that are, are as far right as they can go in our state. And that's out of touch with the rest of us. We, we notice them uh, taking stronger stances on social issues than we might take. And then when the people use initiative to pass uh, something like as we did, uh, we passed medical marijuana and uh, recreational marijuana, they undo it. Uh, they have an inclination not to give the people what they want. So I, I want to see our legislature be more in touch with the values of South Dakota. It occurred to me that in the last midterm that the Democrats employed a strategy of using the primary system to vote heavily for very extreme right-wing Republicans in a successful effort, in many cases, to defeat them in the general election. Under an open primary system, what would happen to that tactic? Uh, that was crafty of them, and that's what poli- that's what parties will do. They'll play the they'll game the system, whatever it is. In an open primary, you got to make sure that your candidates are in the top two, one way or the other. So uh, I think you'd be voting for your candidates and not voting for the uh, craziest person on the other side. <laughs> what offices would have the open primary system in South Dakota, and what would remain on the partisan system? Okay, the office of governor would go to the open primaries, as would our legislature, and then all the federal offices. Uh, we have two U.S. senators and one congressman, and then our county offices. That leaves out a, a few other statewide offices that right now they're not they're not uh, elected at the uh, they don't go through the primary system. They're nominated at the party conventions because uh, for the attorney general, secretary of state and public utility commission jobs. It's hard to raise money to run for those offices in a small state like South Dakota. So it would be uh, put a real burden on candidates. That's been the thinking in the past. But once we get open primaries for the other offices, the legislature can always decide to add those offices to our open primary system. Nothing in our uh, constitutional amendment will limit the uh, legislature's ability to do that. Well, it sounds like the legislature may not like this. And if that's true, what are they saying against open primaries, or or what do critics in general say about the open primary system? 
Well, let me give you a little background. In 2016, we made our first open primaries effort in South Dakota. It was combined with uh, nonpartisan uh, elections. We, we, the people that put the proposal together, and I wasn't one of them, uh, we're going to remove the labels so that you wouldn't know when Rich Helpy ran what party he represented. So we lost that initiative uh, because people didn't like the lack of transparency of not knowing what party each candidate was in. But that was a successful process in educating the uh, voters of the state what open primaries is all about. We think there's a high level of awareness of what open primaries are. As far as Republicans in the legislature. Right now, they are traumatized a bit by their party convention, uh, which happened earlier, that happened in 2022, because a right-wing element came in and pretty much took over and kicked out a uh, the Secretary of State, almost took out the Lieutenant Governor. So the elected officials in the state are a bit traumatized and thinking we, something does need to change here. Uh, and so we are not seeing much pushback or opposition to open primaries yet. We expect it will uh, eventually develop. But so far, uh, a lot of Republican leaders are saying, I can't support you publicly, but I want this to succeed. And I read up a little bit on your initiative that a candidate's indicated political party designation does not constitute or imply an endorsement by that political party. And they don't have to say what their party affiliation is. Why was that language included? I thought that was interesting. That was recommended by the uh, national people that we deal with. And I guess it's to avoid any kind of arguments about uh, local Republican leaders claiming this is our candidate. We don't want anybody else being able to say they're a Republican uh, or or Democrat or whichever. So we, we leave it up to the individual candidate to claim what they are. If they're uh, trying to mislead, then that'll come out in the campaign. Great idea, then. That's very clever. Now, there's some other changes, too. So ranked choice voting, is that necessarily a part of open primaries? Because the folks that are advocates of ranked choice voting, they say that they like the idea of open primaries and then rank the final candidates, which is Alaska's system. I like ranked choice voting. In fact, I helped start uh, Ranked Choice Voting South Dakota group that's uh, encouraging uh, that we get ranked choice voting in the future. Uh, so far, there aren't too many elections in South Dakota where we have to rank the candidates. There's usually two candidates. So ranking uh, is not as impactful in a small state like South Dakota. It might be after we get to open primaries. Um, but we also didn't want to take on, we didn't want to do ranked choice voting at the same time as open primaries because it would double our education efforts and our uh, make us doubly vulnerable to attacks. If somebody And right now, the Republican Party, because of what happened in Alaska, the Republican Party nationally seems to have targeted ranked choice voting. Um, they've got uh, legislatures in our state and other states are considering bans on ranked choice voting. It's humorous in South Dakota because ranked choice voting is not allowed by our election laws. So uh, banning it is uh, it doesn't accomplish anything. You're trying to drive that nail in a little deeper, apparently. So if we kind of think about what might happen, and of course, nobody knows exactly, but once the rules are changed, it's uh, everybody will try to game it. And maybe we should look at this historically as well. Could an open primary actually encourage additional candidates in the mix for the sole purposes of trying to stir things up and force a runoff? 
with uh, open primaries, there's always uh, the runoff, the uh, general election. Uh, so the top two will advance, even if there's only two from the open primary. Uh, I think it might encourage other candidates uh, for other parties to at least show up for the uh, the vote because we have libertarians run in South Dakota for all this uh, or most of the statewide offices already. I would think they'll participate in the uh, primary as well. There are advocates for more political parties in order to reflect a more diverse desire on the part of the electorate. So would open primaries help or would they hinder or would they be neutral to the formation of new parties? I don't know. I I honestly don't know, Rich, if that would uh, change it. I I don't see that it creates a problem. Uh, I I do think on a side note, it's interesting that the state of South Dakota has estimated that 50,000 additional people will be voting in our primary uh, if we get open primaries. That's part of their fiscal impact statement. And so that's 50,000 people that aren't voting now that are uh, moderate or independent or uh, disenchanted with the party system. So those people will want a voice one way or the other, and I'm not sure what their persuasion might end up being. Yeah, I'm trying to think that through as well. And, you know, part of me says, well, there'd be an opportunity. Someone came to me and said, we want you to run uh, as an independent, not affiliated with anybody. It's like, I might do that. But I certainly wouldn't go through a primary system or be beholden to either party structure. If I were to consider, I would never consider being a candidate, but I'm just saying hypothetically. And, you know, I'm wondering how political parties might change their strategy. Would they come forward with fewer candidates or would they try to flood the zone, soak up as many votes as they could? And, you know, could a candidate with minimal support just withdraw and throw their support to a person of their party? And I'm wondering how incumbents might handle this versus a challenger. Any thoughts about what you would expect if we had open primaries in South Dakota and the election was held and you looked at it, what do you think might happen and you know what might shock you? I, I just don't know, Rich. I don't know what to expect. That'll be up to the candidates. Uh, I would think the parties will be less involved in p- picking people. Uh, and in fact, uh, They'll have less control over the people they get elected, that, which is one of the benefits. You might, we might get, uh, let's say, a U.S. senator who's a Republican who is a moderate and, and goes out there and listens to the Democrats and, and, and deals with them and maybe sometimes votes in directions that the National Party doesn't like. And as long as we support him in South Dakota, that person will continue to get reelected. That's one of the beauties of open primaries is winners are less beholden to their parties. Parties will continue, definitely will continue, but they'll be less powerful. They'll have less of a grip on the people that win or will get nominated. I'm guessing this is just another disintermediation that technology has provided us. There's lots of companies that have gone out of business because their place in the economic ecosystem has been obviated by technology. And potentially, some of the technology that we have, we should be voting on an app under secure method, just by way of example. We don't need parties to organize and bring us candidates. Now, potentially, this could be signs of better days ahead. But I I just wonder, is it possible to get our country to compromise? I think it's almost impossible to get the Democrats and the Republicans to compromise as, as parties, but as individuals, seems to be a lot more room to meet in the middle. Any view on that? Well, our, our congressman from South Dakota um, is a Republican, but uh, 
this is an insult. I'm going to call him a moderate. <laughs> he, he would hate to hear anybody call him that. But <laughs> I mean, I, wait a minute, I'm trying to understand. Hey, no, no, do, do not call me reasonable. <laughs> I'm not that person. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was attacked in his primary from somebody on the right, as was John Thune, our senator up for re-election, who's a conservative, um, as was Christy Nome, our Republican uh, conservative uh, governor. They all faced challenges from the right at this uh, the last primary. That kind of craziness is, is in the current system. The new system will not have that. I mean, uh, they'll all be facing people from the right and left, but if they gather uh, on the bell curve of voters, candidates will be smart to go for the middle big section of voters and become a bit more moderate. Indeed, I'm still trying to wrap my head around people trying to get to the right of some of those folks that are seen as reasonable conservative people. But also this week, we had Bernie Sanders, who was to the right of Joe Biden when asked to define equality versus equity. So strange times indeed. Joe, what action or actions would you recommend people take today if they're interested in open primary system in South Dakota, if they're residents of South Dakota or in their own states? Is there something that they can do? There are open primaries initiatives in many states. So I guess I'd, uh, one of the first things uh, an individual could do is check and see what's going on in their own state and uh, support ranked choice voting or open primaries, uh, any of those uh, efforts to take some of the hyper-politics out of our politics. And how, how can they find out more about the organization that, that you represent? Well, we have a website sdopenprimaries.org. We're also on Facebook, South Dakota Open Primaries. Uh, national group is openprimaries.org. We obviously need money and we're mounting campaigns. And in some states, there's campaigns to keep the open primaries where the parties are targeting, uh, trying to get back to a closed primary system. And it's all about power. And it can be with the voters in an open primary or it can be with the parties in a closed primary. I guess a big question I have is that, you know, once the election's over, what's going to happen on a national level? Look, once they get to Washington, we know that Kevin McCarthy's there. We know that Nancy Pelosi's there. We know that Mitch McConnell's there. We know that Chuck Schumer are there. They're waiting. They're waiting with campaign money that they control. They're waiting with committee assignments that are very key to building a track record. How can an open primary help break that hyper-partisanship that is ruining the country today in so many ways and thwarting our progress once they get to Washington. If we can get enough states that have election systems that don't reward partisanship, uh, let's say we get five states that are, are like Alaska, it seems to be, uh, where the people that survive are going to be moderate. They're still uh, party members, but they're not hyper-partisan. Uh, uh, that would be 10 U.S. senators. That could be a group of senators that vote both ways, depending on what the proposal is. They look at issues uh, on their merits and no longer have to listen to the party. They can ignore the national party and, and uh, the congressional leadership and vote their hearts and minds. And they can't be punished. Uh, they can only be punished by their voters back home. And the voters back home with the well-designed non-party rewarding system will continue to reelect them. So if this works, people in Washington, instead of representing their party above their country and above the 
people that elected them would actually represent the voters that sent them there. It's kind of a novel concept. I think it's that well, that's in the Constitution someplace or in the design of our constitutional republic. That's the system I learned when I was a kid, and we the system is broken. Again, I think the Internet, social media, and 24-7 news have uh, broken it, and we need to do something. Indeed. The date that we're recording this, we're at the beginning of the release of a video from the January 6th. You've got one slickly produced version over here. You've got another slickly produced version over there. Someplace in there, there's actually kind of context, right? What happened? The only things that we were able to witness in real time, can we really evaluate? And I'm a perpetual optimist. If something like an open primary can bring us more representative government, then perhaps that will also spur the media to actually get back to doing reporting. Kind of a novel concept, I know. Joe, what did we not cover today that perhaps we should have covered? I think we've covered it all. Uh, It's hard to argue, in my view, against the election reforms, ranked choice voting or open primaries. Uh, They seem to be a better system. The current system is obviously broken. I get a bit frustrated with friends who uh, watch Fox News or watch MSNBC too much and pull their hair out and say there's nothing, you know, they, they, they fret without doing something about it. Well, election reform is something we can all get behind and get back the system that we had in the mid-20th century. Yeah, I concur. I hope we we can get back to something better or go forward to something better. Any closing thoughts for the listeners, the readers, and the viewers of The Common Bridge? No. uh, At this point, uh, I hope more states will, if they don't already have an effort to reform their elections, I hope they'll get active. And uh, the more supporters we have, the less power the parties will have to uh, stop us. And that's a great and noble goal. We've been talking today with Joe Kirby from South Dakota about open primaries and a ballot initiative to bring open primaries to most of the statewide elections in the state of South Dakota. Please keep an eye on South Dakota. Please visit the website, Facebook page, and other social media to learn more about this important issue. And so with our guest, Joe Kirby, this is your host, Rich Helpy, signing off on The Common Bridge.